0: It's a wonderful Sunday afternoon here on the East Coast, and I have the privilege of having my bestie, David Silver, back to hang for a little on
1: Mind Rolling A. Hey, David. It is indeed an honor. Wonderful. I mean that. I mean, That wasn't supposed to come out... Really? ...ironic. I, well, nah. Nah. Okay. Liar. I'm very um, happy to be here, and it is, you know very pleasant so
0: far <laughs> okay oh. so um well you know what first of all i i just the we usually we usually a long time ago we used to remember the segment we used to do about the worst possible news that was happening in that moment in the world remember that
1: Yes, it, it was, but it was you, not me. I, I was always very, uh, you know, against it.
0: Pollyannish,
1: no. yeah, I, yeah, I think everything was going well. This was in, in 2014 15, something like that, when um, the, the country wasn't run by yes. aliens from Alpha Centauri,
0: yeah, right. Um, but um. You told me a story the other day that prompts me now to start a new segment because we, we need to get way more positive, right? And this is, is yeah. going to be, it's like the end of the uh, national newscast. They'll put the last 12 seconds, something good, right? Just to, They do that. Yeah. Good just, news now. Good yeah. news from the, CNN. Yeah. The good news. Uh, so we're we're gonna follow that example and uh, but we're gonna start off with good news. Some of the good news by the way is this shirt that you're wearing uh, with the, is it Chinese or Vietnamese characters? I don't know.
1: Well I think it's Chinese because I don't really know you know honestly, but I bought it in Chinatown so that should give a, a hint. Yeah and I bought it in the year eight and nineteen. 1898 uh, No, well, it was a 19 thing. It was a 1988 or something, because uh-huh. I, you know, and um, it was you know five dollar.
0: Okay, um, it's beautiful actually. I don't know. I love that shirt. Will hey, you give enough, me your shirt?
1: I have to off do it your you back. Like it's like one of those things you have to um, you have to do it if you're asked. Yeah, but I only just found it. I lost it for okay, twenty eight years. Yeah. So you so, can have it for a little while.
0: All right, you can have it for it a little like, while, but I am serious about it. Uh, I really want you to recount this story of uh, when you got a an Uber in the city and got back out to your house upstate a little bit.
1: Uh, oh oh. You mean last Thursday, disaster night in New York City?
0: No, not the nine-hour bus ride. Nobody wants to hear about that, for Christ's <laughs> sake. Uh, only you would get in uh, and have that happen. Do you? No, yes. the Uber you took with the gentleman from Tibet.
1: Oh my goodness! Yes, yes, yes. This Please, is about, uh, this
0: is one, everybody. This is the greatest story I've heard in years.
1: It, it, you know, it is great because it was so positive. Um, I, I was in. Um, Manhattan, and was going to take a car service home, and did. And it isn't actually an Uber. It's called Juno. It's oh, a yeah,
0: Uber. Juno. Is it Canadian? That's Juno.
1: No, no, no. Not everything's Canadian. That's good. <laughs> uh, and and uh, this <laughs> is good. So yeah, we take it because we sort of object to the way Uber treats its drivers. It's very autocratic and weird. So we changed, and they're just as good. And I was picked up, and I actually couldn't see the driver. He was so small first, I thought it was one of those driverless car services, <laughs> which I would immediately have got out of. But I couldn't see him. And then he said hello, and I said hello. And then um, it's about a 40-minute drive sometimes, depending on traffic. And we didn't talk for a while. And um, it, it really pleased me that he wasn't talking on the phone, which, you know, I don't want to sound like an old, you know, thing. But I really don't like that. Because it's happened twice now, in my experience, with car services. They've been talking on the phone and have taken a ridiculously wrong direction, having been spoken to about 11 times not to take it. But, you know, on the whole, they're great. So we're driving and beginning to get on the West Side Highway. And then he says something to the effect of, how are you today? And I said, I'm, I'm very well. And then I noticed that he was, I wasn't sure what he was, but it, I, it seemed to me he was Tibetan. And um, then he said to me, "You're very lucky. It is sunny day. I don't drive in rain or snow hmm. because uh, when I make my transition, I wanted to be calm and still." So I thought, "Well, that's that's really something." And I said, I, "So you, you, you are Tibetan?" And he said, "Yes, I am. I'm Tibetan. How do you know?" I said, "I just know." And then he smiled broadly, and mm-hmm. and then because you know something in me wanted to communicate this to him i said um i know a bit about tibet and i think at first he thought i meant you know sort of geographically or something or where it was or its troubles with china or whatever but then i said you know i love tibetan teachings mm. teachings you know all kinds of teachings from the great lamas and he you know he, his eyes opened up because I don't think anyone had ever said that to him before in New York. Hmm. And um, he said, Oh, you know about llamas? I said, well, I know, you know, the minuscule that people have, like me know, but I do, I'm very, you know, it makes me happy to even think that I know something about all of that. And, uh, and then I I, I I entered a torrent of information to him and said, I really love His Holiness the Dalai Lama, the Karmapas, both Karmapas, and the last Karmapa. I love Tr- uh, Trungpa. I love Lama Noila and Karlo Rinpoche. Karlo Rinpoche, he said. You know who Carla Rinpoche is? I said, well, yes, I do. I do. And I love him, even though he's passed to the next dimension. But, uh, you know, he is totally amazing. Just to, like, look at him and be in his company, didn't really have to say anything, although he did say things. Well, he was just tremendously happy about that, that particular thing, Kalu. And then I said, I like Minjo Rinpoche. And then I was bragging like a twerp, you know, <laughs> listing like 1,200 llamas. you know. And then, you know, I, I read this and I read that and the sutras, and, you know, but he couldn't get enough of it. And he was just so happy, you know. And he told me that he used to be a cab driver, but he'd stopped that and was happier doing what he did, what he does. And um, he escaped Tibet like so many, right? And then he opened a little thing above the mirror, the, re- the rear view mirror, which I think he made in this, you know, Subaru K90 or whatever it was. And out of it came a bunch of Tibetan stuff, like a Kala chakra medallion and, um, mm. and then malas and then he, he was driving, so I didn't do much with him. He just showed them to me. And um, I said, oh, that's wonderful. We're protected. That's so great, you know? And then we engaged in conversation for about another 20 or a little more minutes hmm. about Trungpa mainly, because I would met Trungpa a lot and, and about um, Rimp, uh, uh, Minjur, hmm. Lama Minjur, who I went to a talk last year. And then we got to where I live, and um, for the first time ever, because this does not happen, and shouldn't really, the driver jumped out, came to my side of the car, round the back, opened the door for me, and then held my hand as I came out of the car. And then he hugged me, and he had tears in his eyes, and he said, you've made me very happy. I'm so happy to know you. I'm so happy to know you. We tears, you tears, know, and then I was laughing, and then we were hugging and and. It was just the most beautiful thing. I mean, in the sense that here we are two blokes, you know, in a car at the West Side Highway and I could not have spoken to him or he could not have spoken to me. And that would have been that. But instead of which he was tremendously happy that a Westerner, which I am, uh, had any inkling of his life, mm-hmm. of his inner life. Cause he wasn't interested in talking about anything to do with Tibet or New York or anything like that. He just wanted to talk about the peace and stillness that he finds from the deities that he, you know, Balakiteshvara, Tara, he talked about that. And um, when the word karmapa came out of my mouth, I saw him in the mirror visibly become in another state. (laughs) And he was driving, so he was concentrating, but he was in another state because of one person in America who showed passion about his, his teaching or the teaching he'd been involved in since he was a child, really. So that's the story. It's yeah. just, be- it was a beautiful feeling. I but, wanted him to come upstairs and have a cup of tea with me, but he he was he had to get back to his wife and kids. And he just didn't. But I said, you can come up, hey, you know, come up and, and look at all the stuff I have around my apartment, which will prove that I'm not an abject liar. <laughs> and oh, that doesn't prove anything. You have a few pictures of the Karmapa, but... Anyway, it was great. It was just beautiful. But animated. didn't yeah, yeah. the punchline? Yeah,
0: the very end. What he said to you after he said, "I'm I'm not coming." But didn't he express something about what this meant to him?
1: Well, he said that it meant everything to him. That 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 it was extreme. I don't remember much mm. more than that. He just he was just hugging me and saying, "God, you know, you just you just." Uh, you're, you've reached my heart, and, I, and I, 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 this is my life you're talking about. And I, I mm, never expected to it. have this conversation with anyone in the back of my car. Yeah. And his humility, you know, he's driving a car to support a little family in, in Queens, I think in Ozone Park, Queens. Mm. And, you know, just so humble and completely, I mean, he was as much of a teaching for those 30 minutes, 40 minutes, Robert, honestly, as any, anything because he was so joyous with this humble job he had. it's hard driving in New York, hard. Hmm. First of all, because of the kind of people that may get in, and secondly, because of the drivers, and secondly, thirdly, because of New York, which is, you know, imbecilic. So, you know, it, it was a big moment for him yeah. and for me.
0: Yeah. But that's what got me at the end of the, when you told me the story was, this is my life. It's like, you shared with him the most on the most intimate level his life and uh, you know that's that's just pointing to the so much of what we talk about the polarization in this country uh these days and that this is kind of an opposite story it certainly isn't opposite sides but opposite sides of the world opposite cultures opposite everything and the fact of course that you and i are supremely interested in this culture and what it has to offer, and then you meet somebody who goes back thousands of years in this lineage or whatever. Not that I mean, I was
1: I, I, exactly. I, I mean, I was what I missed out was the amount of exuding that I did in this journey. I mean, I wanted him to talk to me, but he wasn't a talkative type of man. He, he, he was extraordinarily compact and within himself and still. And he was just interested in, in hearing what is this dude gonna say to me, you know? And I just kept saying things about, oh Trungpa, you know, when I listened to him, everything changed forever. I told him that uh, in, a, in a church in 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 Vermont, and that um, that whenever I look, and this ties in with what we're gonna do today, Rago, I think, uh, whenever I looked at any of the pictures that I that I have of these amazing people, uh, that's enough. Yeah. It sort of goes inside and it converts into personal consciousness because it's a gift to you. That's all it's about, is to give to you yourself, your real self, which who they represent. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, it made me think, should I go on a little more? I, I seem to be talking too much. <laughs> no,
0: I only wanted to say, quote, one, another Rinpoche, Dolpo Rinpoche, who I'm not that familiar with. But when I, uh, I went through that whole song and dance about how we used to report like the, the worst human being on the earth uh, and their experience uh, bad news, and now I thought we should be doing good news. And then it, it was also prompted by what uh, Dolpo Rinpoche said. He said it's easy to feel overwhelmed by all the bad news and horrific pictures in the world. That is a form of empathy that works against us. I th- oh. saw this thing and I went, "Wow, right? Yeah, it's just creates this false stuff of, oh, well, you know, I feel bad, you know. So then I, I, I won't feel guilty, you know. That kind of, uh, really, the off-putting part of, uh, of em- of, em- of em- empathy for sure. Nothing to do with compassion whatsoever. Um, and yeah, so the. I had uh, called Dave the other day, and I said, "You know, let me share this Robert." Thur- this there was a, a conference or something with Robert Thurman and Sharon Salzberg, and and I believe Mark Epstein, and but in particular, and and wonderful Glenn sent this on to me, uh, having something to do with the the constant uh, elucidation of the problem of the movie of me, and uh, so. It's this very short thing. He has a lot packed into it. I mean, Sharon has something to say about it, too, around dependent origination. It made me think, okay, you know, that's wild, esoteric term that is very difficult to even tell another person, kind of, this is kind of what it's about. You know, you're you're absolutely pure Buddha mind and the only reason shit is happening basically is because you're reacting to all the sensory thing that's coming in all the time and you know based on habitual patterns and uh, all the stuff that makes us uh, the me we think we are so very difficult thing and it's like is it what's the use of it is what i was thinking if it if something from these ancient teachings if we can't find a way to really um, relate with it from where we are in, in this in our little modern age here, where we are and how we can actually improve a life in terms of being able to just be a better human being, you know, on the most simple uh, concept of what that is. So yeah, dependent origination comes down to, is that every bad thing that comes from ignorance, rather from evil. So, okay, It's, it's that every bad thing that comes from, it comes from ignorance, not from evil. So the root cause of anything evil is ignorance, not, which is ignorance, not understanding what things are, Okay. You can also simply translate it as relativity, relationality, okay? The real emphasis is not on the origination, okay? One thing, it's one thing going back on another because if you analyze the causation of anything, this is the whole thing of, of this thing, you will lose track of it because the chain of causation is beginningless. So the relativity part of it, the dependency or relationality part of it is the key. So, okay, talk about a really difficult concept, right? Dependent origination. Mm. Um, And if you go back to what's the cause of suffering, what's the cause of this or that? It's ignorance. Ignorance is the cause of everything. It's what the Buddha found. It's the first thing he talked about with suffering ignorance is suffering but that means that it's unreal because i think it's bad because i don't understand its true nature i miss know it and ignorance just doesn't just mean i don't know something it means i'm wrongly knowing something Mm. that is worth Mm. everything in our just for day-to-day understanding of ourselves a little bit more okay it's not just i mean this I mean, am I making something more? But it it doesn't just mean I don't know something, ignorance. It means I'm wrongly knowing something, which is built into our story, right? Mm. We are wrongly knowing so much shit as part of our day-to-day story. That's the real (laughs) ignorance. That misknowing, that's the source, and that puts you into a situation of questioning everything, questioning what you think and and that automatically means you practice mindfulness okay so that's the way uh, the light at the end of the tunnel right if my whole situation here is that i have a wrong idea of what's going on here then i can find the source of my suffering in my wrong understanding and also it's very encouraging because it means that if you come to have understanding wisdom is a knowledge. It's knowing the nature of things. If you come to know that, you will be happy.
1: I mean, but by the time you know that, you, there's no knower and there's no. I mean, yeah, right. Well, th- there are so many paradoxes in that in that train of thought. You know that, and they and they, my God, they they analyze it forever in every, every teaching. Is that? But I mean, so. Ignorance is also. I mean, could you characterize ignorance as being self-cherishing and the and the and the the, the and disturbing emotion, disturbing emotions? Yeah, In absolutely. In other words, you know um, that you are truly the slave of your of this ego thing, which is supposed to be a um, a bridge between sat and and ananda and jit. You know, I mean, the ego is supposed to navigate you as an incarnation to a point where you understand that you are just that an incarnation and not uh, separate from all other incarnations and from all other actions. But the ego somehow in the West, but probably globally became, you know, the slave master, the the, the plantation owner that said, you know, all the inklings and urges towards transcendence and altered states and eventually merging with the Atman, if you like, uh, those are um, those are what I want you to do, guys. In the fields, you do that. I'm the plantation owner. I'm the ego. Do that. And so we we do think that that's bad. That's good. This is terrible. I hate this. Yes. This is bad happening to me. I wish I were somebody else, etc., etc. You know, it's hard because emotions are um, they're not shall we say they're not real, but you feel them. In other words, you feel. Um,
0: you identify with them is the, is the worst problem up there. It's when not... I broke
1: my wrist, for instance, and I, I, I remember the moment of impact when I destroyed all the tendons and, and bones in my right hand and wrist, the pain was so excruciating that there's nothing on earth that would have, um, for me, at any rate, could have not been completely involved with it. You know, I mean, it wasn't like I was going, okay, this is just horrible pain, and I'm not feeling it, and it's, it's neither good nor bad. No, I was...
0: Yeah, but that pain, that's that's a whole other thing. I, 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 w- I will say to you, though, when I read this thing from Bob, mm-hmm. that that ignorance isn't just based on not knowing what the f- mm-hmm. hell's going on. It's when you wrongly know what you think is going on. And I can tell you, more and more lately, I have looked at myself from the... As much as possible from the non-judgmental, non-judgmental witness, and gone. I have no idea if this is right. Mm. Within my whole lexicon of of patterns and beliefs and projections, I have no idea. I'm I'm acting on it, but I'm, I'm I'm becoming more and more aware of that. And and the opposite of that is more of what I have done, and everybody. Mostly has done in their lives. And, and one one good example of it, we were in India with uh, Maharaji and we were in Allahabad. and I remember there was, there was quite a few of us at that moment. and uh, we were staying co- communally. and at the time, Ramdas had hepatitis. okay So it was all about, okay, other people had it or they knew something about it. One by one, a half a dozen people went and said, this, I know this is absolutely the thing you should do, okay? Including myself. And I'll never, and I got into it with somebody else saying, no, your view is completely wrong. I'll never forget yeah. this. Meanwhile, Ramdas is sitting there, you know, acting as if he's being completely, uh, manipulated one way or another to do something, you know, and he's like mm. sick with, you know, yellow with hepatitis, and yeah. the, I mean, that's the most gross, ex- gross example of how we absolutely act like, in this case, like we were a doctor and we, we absolutely knew what the thing to do was in the most mm. subtle ways. I find, uh, you know, I look, I look and can see how everything that's come before me in terms of how my life's evolved and the things that I have reacted to that's this whole dependent origination thing so everything that has come in and then formed me to to kind of be you know the automaton mini me and react in the way that uh, it's been set for me to do suddenly there's a a little bit of a looseness going, well, maybe I don't have any idea. And these are just built on these projections and these reactions and so on and habitual patterns. And so, yeah, I have had that experience more lately. And I love the way Bob puts it. It means I'm wrongly knowing something. And he he goes on. And so this is the opposite of many of our slogans. Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is not bliss. I don't. <laughs> you no. said, and he gives a cup. Ignorance is suffering. That's the source of it. Knowledge is bliss, mm-hmm. and that you know there's that re- uh, reality. Um,
1: well, you know there's that interface when you do come across something that resembles uh, a deeper truth for yourself, and there is a you know madness that ensues, like in psychotropic or psychedelic or shamanic uh, transactions. You know that I've been involved with. Uh, suddenly you have no ground. It's not like you're falling towards the ground. There is no ground and you will fall forever. And and the reason I say that is because I remember distinctly that thing of suddenly knowing that what I thought I knew just was an idea, you know? And for me it happened, I remember it very specifically. It happened uh, next to a large aquarium of, of, of sort of nice looking fish, you know, sort of exotic fish. I remember looking at them. This is in 1967, and realizing that each one of them was carrying a, a charge. That each one of them was was worth worth looking at and kind of realizing, oh God, you know, there's a soul fl- you know swimming around there. Then I realized I'd never really known about fish, hmm. and in my lysergic you know space, I couldn't stop looking at all of them and, and really felt like I I, I felt, Oh my God, I never really gave fish a thought. And you know, how could I possibly think about eating them? That was going through my head, hmm. you know, now this little change, this interface can be a real battle because you're going into a space, which has no ground by very nature of the fact that you don't have a ground for it. You know, you have a ground for saying, you know, Trump and his followers are are ignorant imbeciles and dangerous lunatics and fools. And we progressive Democrats know all the answers. Well, um, what do you do with that in terms of the origination deal? Do you go, well, actually, it's all one big mess of human.
0: Interconnected.
1: Interconnected human conditions. That we're fighting and saying, well, wait a minute, we're right, because we want a safety net, and we want people not to be homeless, and we want people to have health care, and we don't want to fight countries and and have horrible wars, and we don't don't want to base ourselves on oil and fossil fuels. And those other people are completely wrong. It's very difficult not to think that. This guy Wheeler, who replaced Pruitt at the EPA, was a coal lobbyist. Can you imagine this? A coal lobbyist being hired by the President of the United States (laughs) to run the Environmental Protection Agency. A coal lobbyist. How do you deal with that? Is that okay? So I can't say that's really bullshit. These guys are horrible people. Why are they doing this? It's hard not to go down that road when, it ter- in terms of, shall we say, the, mo- the morality we pick up in any incarnation we think something's right and something's wrong it's wrong to to be a a rapist it's wrong to be a child molester a child trafficker it's wrong 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 okay so what does it do to that does it just negate that and say well it's actually not wrong it's just happening in the human sphere which is one of ignorance and distance from the unknowable and distance from the infinite the internal and the cognizant emptiness of the void that is beyond incarnation.
0: Well, I think. So, why do
1: we fucking carry people suffer?
0: I think, well, first of all, let's. Talk. I'm
1: asking, you know, just to mess you up. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta answer this. <laughs> I
0: think, in terms of the moral stuff that you're talking about, good and bad, that that's not what we're talking about when we talk about misunderstanding. Um, Wrongly knowing, rather. and Misunderstanding. Wrongly knowing. We're talking about the view that we have as s- we are separate entities. That is a basic ignorance, right? Mm-hmm. And that is a basic wrongly knowing. And so uh, if we cured that wrongly knowing, then we would not be looking out we would be doing what we had to do in terms of uh, correct morality and caring about uh, our fellow humans, which would include everybody, and um, we our view would be completely different. And, and it's I've and I've actually seen this and experienced it myself uh, more in India, you know, with, well, I mean, just with Maharaji. There was never any judge. I was judging people left and right. They seemed to be doing stupid ass things. I myself did. And there was never any kicking them out the way we kick everybody out. Okay, So it is possible to have correct view. I've seen it. <laughs> right? uh, and, but for our own purposes here, and why do we care? Uh, it's our natural state, like deep, inside everybody is that is a compassionate place and his Holiness the Dalai Lama talks about it whether it's completely absolutely crusted over and impossible to find in certain individuals because they are that lost yes and then it's the whole gradation to people who are really uh, attempting to uh, to change their view
1: to address their, their karmic yeah memories and 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 what is you know what taints and tinctures and stories and delusions and failures have come through for you to once again realize our our um, illusory and are passing impermanent but, you know in other words I can see all of this stuff much clearer when I just Observe the fact that everything is impermanent, including one's own, you know, body, mind, heart, everything. You die. And that's gone. You know, it's quite possible this iMac here will last longer than me.
0: Not yours, probably. It'll it'll
1: be around, you know, and I'll (laughs) be dead and gone. And it's so obviously, but I mean, impermanence is the way I deal with it in the sense that when I start getting, to me, it's all about what you do with yourself. I mean, you look at others and you judge them. I mean obviously that's flawed as a as a as a mechanism because you are participating in an interconnected reality which includes you and them so you can't get away from it and the only way you can get away from it is by learning to be the witness of your own of
0: well, your own that's...
1: karmic you know jigsaw puzzle yeah. that makes you up
0: well to me mindfulness yeah. and awareness which is what Bob is talking about, I mean, that beautiful line uh, where he's if you come to have understanding, okay, wisdom, it's knowing the nature of things. If you come to know that, then you start to be happy. Mm. You start to have happiness. And that uh, he, but the great thing here is the um, what he's getting across, which again, I go back to, why is this stuff useful or not for us on a day-to-day basis? And I think if you start to think how fixed we are in that wrongly knowing things, uh, I th- uh, he says this is the, the root of, um, of hatred, the root of lust, greed. The, but yeah. the, they that that's all there, but the root of everything he says is misknowing because we think we know everything right we do we have a misplaced confidence in our sense of what we know, therefore, people even think they know this is great people think they know that they're gonna be nothing the void right they know it's all nothing which equals nihilism they know that and he says and that's psychotic (laughs) so both Mm. sides of the coin right Mm. it's just completely um wrong does he
1: mean does he mean i don't have it in front of me does he mean psychotic because we think we know but we don't really yeah right
0: exactly yeah including The spiritual, you know, brass ring of emptiness, I think he's talking about here. They're going to be, you know, shunyata, a zero, Mm. right? Mm. Um, So, but just, I think just the prompt here, never mind, you know, the intricate details of what dependent origination is, just uh, getting just this little thing that ignorance isn't just that you don't know something it's it's that uh you wrongly know that thing right
1: uh, and sorry i'm sorry my uh, dogs
0: go off here <laughs> we haven't had that in quite a while dave no, i think people have surreal. been waiting for it yep. yeah
1: they they're waiting for it well you know they may know more about this than we do because they're not going through all these you know vicissitudes we go through all the time about what we think is important to know and what is important to do. You know, and I, I mean, the amount of judgment that goes on is clear to me uh, when I'm in a city and, you know, any city really, and walking around and seeing, and judging every single person that walks towards me, you know, every single one. And I turn it off and don't get too freaked by the fact that these are human beings with, you know as the saying goes fighting great battles each one of them because if they weren't they wouldn't be incarnated and so you know unless they're bodhisattvas in which case they come to try and help us miserable karmic slaves (laughs) get out of the get out of the the, the, you know the, the the whole what can you say the model the paradigm that we think is okay you know like i don't know the whole business of I, you know, the, there were just these memorials in Europe for the 100th anniversary of the world, the end of World War I. And I must say that when I was watching them, you know, I thought, OK, I understand why they're doing this. I understand it. They're recognizing heroism and the defeat of not that it defeated anything because it came back tenfold 20 years later with World War II. And I was thinking to myself, I don't I don't buy this. I did go through this very heavily last week. I don't buy any of these tributes, any of these speeches, any of it. Because what's the point of living, of just talking about the past as if it means anything? It only means something in terms of morality. Okay, we learn not to do that again. We stupid species it kills millions of people. 20th century, you know, hundreds of millions of people killed for no good reason. You know, and boom. I mean, I don't know why I'm even talking about this, but it's just sort of like...
0: Yeah, what's that got to do with not knowing?
1: Well, I don't know. I just... I thought... I'm watching the tribute for about five minutes, and I thought, oh, okay, I, I think we should do this. We should tribute these guys. And then I thought, why? I'm thinking of something that's false. I'm thinking that this changes anything or helps them. They're dead. They've gone moved on. <laughs> I'm alive. What the fuck? Who cares? All right, not that now. I don't care about them dying, but it's just wrong thinking to think that these things that we hold so dear. Oh,
0: okay. Well, that's a
1: are complete and total nonsense.
0: That's the, uh, the most, uh, you know, tip of the iceberg, that stuff. I mean, you could go on forever on that.
1: Yeah. I can. just
0: think that the, the only way we can even, um, begin to make the change to the, to a perspective that allows for the fact that, um, we understand. We absolutely are always in this uh, wrong-knowing business. We are in the wrong-knowing business because of our own desires and our own um, how we push away what we don't want. We don't want pain. The whole thing around suffering. The whole the ignorance of it. I uh, I just love this thing from Bob. And on the level of our internally knowing who we really are that other shit about these people that are going on and celebrating one thing or another or causing you know that is the most uh, you know that level of ignorance is the level of ignorance around uh, power right i mean it is the most gross level i honestly i don't give a shit about that i only i care i mean i give a shit about it if there's suffering going on obviously but I, I figure the only thing, the only chance I got is to is to get a tip like this from Bob Thurman around. Oh yeah, I'm walking around, thinking I know, and I have no room f- for any openness of right. getting true understanding. I mean, to me, that's a fantastic uh, teaching.
1: Well, you know, because I read the wrong thing. I, you know, <laughs> my thing, you know, to me was much more dealable with because it was tell me what it is archetypes and (laughs) and deities that can actually help you rather than just be get right view fucking you know maelstrom this vortex of knowing not knowing Uh, I mean it's better you know the way (laughs) this other thing you sent me from Minaj is fantastic because and the reason is we should print it can we print it on the web on the uh, mind rolling thing I, th- I wonder if it isn't
0: heard. there already from when I did it
1: last time. Oh, you d- it's there already?
0: I don't know. Maybe. I'll check.
1: Well, it's worth it because what he does is he makes he, he, he makes it possible to understand why people uh, are so serious about uh, icons and and masters and, and mortis of those people and, and why they mean something. And it's all about bringing it internally to yourself, like finding those parts for yourself by these archetypes and therefore having a moment of realization or maybe a lifetime, and changing things.
0: Can you give an example of uh, one um, that you care about?
1: Yeah. um, He talks about Shiva, Shiva Nataraja, the lord of the dance, right? And he says it's the archetype of anyone in radical change in their life. Now, I hadn't heard that from all the people I've ever heard talk about Shiva. I'd never heard anyone talk about it's about radical change. Hmm. And he goes on to say, life is uncertain. Anything can happen anytime to any one of us. The real question is, how does one live such a life of uncertainty with certainty? And he says, well, Lord Shiva's archetype really helps because life is a dance. It's inherently chaotic. You engage with it. You create with it. You destroy with it. You do not, however, make the dance into a drama. Know who you are, your pure consciousness, the stillness that is never born nor dies. By embracing the dancer, the Shiva Nataraja, the joyous dancer, Nata means the dance and Raja means king. So what you're doing is you're becoming one with the molecular changes forever of the universe and of the surprising and sometimes dreadful things that happen to you in your life, and your friends and family, and dancing with it knowing that this is, this is the nature of manifestation. And the only way we're gonna do it, we are manifest, we are human beings, so somebody, you know can go to Shiva and realize my goodness. I am dancing this eternal thing in my own way, which resonates Throughout the universe galaxies changing black holes suddenly, you know, I I lost my beloved wife, whatever it is and Shiva will help you That archetype internalized He makes a great point of saying it's nothing to do with statues out there And I mean, although you can imbue them with energy to give you energy, but in terms of what it's about it's like Jung says: as soon as you recognize this archetype in yourself of Durga or or Saraswati or these the ones he mentions, each one of them has a an incredible place in your life that can help you rather than just be kind of a an interesting fairy tale. For instance, I'll give you another one. Um, okay, Lakshmi. Lakshmi teaches us to embrace life with abundance both material and spiritual she is also the goddess of shri that which gives you luminosity and enables to create beauty in every aspect of our life in other words that luminosity which comes from the all is in the bad and the good and she helps us understand that it is uh it is there the substratum of all existence is not bad or good it, it just subsumes everything in its allness. And um, if we can touch that, we can avoid the worst of the suffering, the misknowing, you know, we're not gonna misknow if we realize that, you know, these archetypes can help us um, free, be free, I guess, be free of these trillions of anxieties and preoccupations that we have throughout our lives. And then you put in that and he says, Meditation is important because if meditation creates stillness, then Ganesh or Saraswati or Buddha or Tara or any of them can then enter you. They won't enter you if you're not still.
0: Do you have so a- you're,
1: you're just constantly worried about this, that, and the other and, and completely distracting yourself all the time, all the time, which we do. You know, I do. Look at my iPhone just like everyone else. I watch Netflix. I do this, I do that, I do the other. And he says, well, that's okay and everything, but if you want to have these archetypal forces shapes of being come into your body and mind and heart you must be still and he says it's the thought it's the gaps between the the predominating thought streams and thought chains within your meditation in those gaps then ganesh will jump in and then as the gaps get bigger ganesh gets more rich and more four-dimensional in your system and then you understand that you are the uh the knowledge the wisdom of of the of the uh remover of obstacles. When he talks about Kali, is beyond belief, beyond belief what, how smart he is. He's, what, he's really. Yeah, um, no, he's very bright. Very impressed by this. Uh,
0: what, uh, and we, by the way, everybody, we will have um uh, I don't know. It's it's quite a few pages actually, and it's uh, but it's not dense. It's very well um, elucidated around uh, the Hindu gods and goddesses and their archetypes. We'll have that up on the mind rolling page if it's not already there, or on BeHereNowNetwork.com. dot right, Well, Dave, what about you? Who is? How about a personal um, accounting of how any? Uh, I mean, who's your favorite uh, deity? Well,
1: Shiva, and I have no choice in this matter, because in all of them, and I'm not a big expert on him, I can't tell you what he has in it, I know he has a crescent moon and a cobra and that, but when this gentleman goes into all these amazing details, and when you look at the Tankas, for instance, uh, the holy uh, men and women of, of the Tibetan era, uh, there's a million things going on in each picture, so you can't, it's not necessarily, that's a different kind of thing, visualizing on the picture, remembering everything, remembering and remembering, so when you are meditating, you can remember that the left hand on the right holds an axe, the right hand on the, you know, the right upper hand of six hands of, of, of who Durga, you know, holds a, a, I don't know, a skull, you don't have to know that, all you have to do is make yourself still enough to allow and now Shiva to me is something to do with the kirtan. It's something to do with Shiva music. If you, uh-huh. know. you know, I I just, anybody sings about Shiva, I just, it's just kills me. And there's no possible way I can penetrate that. It's not like, you know, I'm a Shivite because I'm obviously not, but something about Shiva and something about Kali do the trick with me.
0: What's the trick? What do you mean? What do they do?
1: Shiva makes me understand that life's impermanence is in fact a dance and that you shouldn't be frightened of it and that death is just a moment and Kali who's standing on Shiva at one point of course uh, is even higher than that because she's saying get rid of these misknowings fast get rid of them because if you want to be liberated in some way you, you, you need to stop being trapped by your Horrendously powerful desire systems. And, and they are so powerful that if you don't have a Shiva archety- archetype or a, a Kali or a Krishna Radha or a, a Rama Sita or any of those that comes to you and makes you feel, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, they didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, where, you know, Sita and Rama existed at some point. And then they became this thing which now can exist within you and it has a cauterizing effect. That's the way I look at it. Hmm. It's cauterizing. Uh, Mahakala, for instance, the the, the fierce and terrifying Tibetan deity is not really terrifying at all. He's just saying, I'm going to get rid of your bullshit, but I'm really going to get rid of it and it's going to hurt all the way down the line as if I'm cutting you with an axe because you're so attached to thinking you're right. And to thinking that everyone else is wrong, or to thinking you know when you don't know, or having an opinion that you stick to through your entire life, and you're so into it. I believe in socialized medicine. And if you don't, you're 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 a selfish pig. And um, that may be true, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> but but even if it is true, there's a way of looking at it. I mean, the great, great tankers of Miller have always infected me because of the, he, his head's on one side and with all the obstacles that he went through and all the terrifying sufferings and destructions and disappointments and nightmares that were inflicted upon him by his guru, uh, that face remained still and and composed as if it were saying, this is only the universe, this is just
0: what the universe is,
1: mm. this is the universe. It's not some alien horror film, some, you know, some horrible sort of bad design that, you know, God forgot something, which was that things can get horrible. So what, why
0: do you think we, from the West, have gravitated, not we, that sounds like a big collective we, but there's many a, people on the spiritual path who are is. the path of self-knowing, who we yes. really are, which is what we're talking about, so we can get along on a day-to-day a little bit better. And and we I just love this this uh, theme of uh, how invested we are with wrongly knowing and how that co- that ignorance is so extraordinarily uh, ubiquitous in our lives. Why are we gravitating towards Eastern um, symbols and archetypes?
1: Because we automatically. Can absorb them viscerally, intellectually, and spiritually rather than being the subject or the audience to a middleman telling you about Jesus or about Abraham or about Muhammad. Nothing wrong with those great yogis. But does it work to have someone telling religion, in other words? We don't like religion. I mean, from the 60s onwards, people were going, you know, I'm not going to church. I can't deal with that. And synagogue and everything. Sure. And, Is that right or wrong? I can't say, but I do know this, that I was the same as all of that. It was like, show me something that will change me and show me something that will improve my disposition. Not that this is bad and this is good and you're going to go to hell for God's sake and you're you're going to suffer more Mm. than you are actually suffering because you didn't do something or because you're gay or because you're black or because you're whatever. Nonsense, crippling nonsense that religion is. I mean, when Akhenaten actually invented mon- you know monotheism which was what five thousand years ago he was the first being that we know of in this yuga who said yeah with the egyptian gods enough of that there's one god, <laughs> S- god you know and you know he married nefertiti and their son was Tutankhamun. it's quite a family and you know they brought out that thing and eventually you know they they chopped akhenaten's head off because they wanted that diversity of religion they wanted that power the changing of some kind of knowledge of the supernal into some kind of way of manipulating, controlling other human beings. Nonsense. The Catholic Church, nothing against Catholics, nothing against Jesus. But we just saw in the last 20 years what happened there. Wasn't too cool, was it? I mean, you know, it—it it, it was. we all know that, you know, having sex with little children is not a good thing. How come they didn't? So churches... All These things never appealed to me. It was like, no, I like going in Mm -hmm. churches, I meditate in churches all the time in New York. Wonderful churches, I love being in them. But as soon as a dude comes and starts telling me what to do, it's like I'm 12 years old again. It's like, nah, (laughs) I I know what to do. But if I meditate and I really listen to these archetypes within myself, I will be guided in a way that is far more, you know, sort of powerful. But we are,
0: yeah, we're also negatively indoctrinated in our various western uh, religious traditions in a way that just caused us so much grief that uh, in my case it was how do I get out of this and oh wait there is something there is something out there that's not uh, my senses or my mind and all that through of course psychedelics and yeah, I can say for myself, it was much easier to get into the Eastern archetypes because they had no baggage. I had no baggage, rather, with no, them. The baggage right. that was created by virtue of whatever I was brought up in, or in anybody, Catholic, Jewish, Protestant, whatever it is, is—we there's baggage there. And I guess there's no baggage with this, which makes I, it I, easier. I, I, but you know true. what? Th- then I... I went to India, and I've told the story a million times. And Christ with came. with the, yeah, and uh, the archetype of Christ was returned to us. That was what yeah. he did first. Isn't that it's incredible, really, when you think about it? But, but, but I mean,
1: Jesus never said he wanted a billion churches all over the country, all over the world. Muhammad never said he wanted mosques. Even you know they didn't. They you know they gave St. Peter the the the, the sort of you know job of transmitting jesus's life but you know jesus uh, an incredible yogi uh is a yogi uh he's not the only one he's not i mean that's what really bothers me a lot you know that how are you expected to reach uh altered states that are truly submerged in some kind of realness if you're being told things little stories about things that you know Jesus is better than Muhammad, you know, and Islam is a violent religion, and Buddhism is contemplating the navel, and Judaism is, you know, I mean... Well,
0: this is all, you know, the grossest part of uh, wrong-knowing, I mean, really. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know. but, but Maharaji brought people back to Jesus, and so did Hilda Charlton when I was learning from her. Yeah. You know, she had nothing against Christianity. I don't either, actually. It's just this whole thing of thinking that conventional wisdom as exemplified in the paradigm of organized religion is going to get you through. It didn't get me through. It didn't work for me.
0: I mean, you can go to India though and grow up in India and be in the same situation, absolutely the same situation. So I I guess we bring this back to the, the most intimate personal looking at ourselves and we have so much to battle through. Uh, yeah. in terms of these patterns that have been created by, in so many different ways. Not to mention what we haven't even spoken about, which is the karma of previous incarnations, which is even makes uh, you know, um, dependent origination seem like a cartoon when you start to talk about <laughs> karma and re- reincarnation. This, at least, reincarnation, dependent origination and the idea that we are absolutely just reacting to everything that comes into that quote unquote me and we build mm. that me up from all of that stuff It it so it it is dependent on us interacting and it's that interaction which is just so important the understanding of that and uh so this which contain, is, which we got to get Bob here. I'm going to get Bob. Uh, we got to get I mean, Bob here.
1: It, it, it's available. I mean, I, I, you know, as sort of caustic as one can be about organized religion in a pure state, like I, I have some friends who are Russian Orthodox um, Christians and they are really Christian. I mean, I, I love the way they act and I love the way they talk and it, it's just fantastic. And they are, you know, Russian Orthodox christians and go to russian orthodox churches and i i you know go go to those temples in 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 greece and the greek version of it and everything it's beautiful and i'm not saying that that's it's just that it's led to so much politicization ultimately and therefore we know that that's bogus and it's not the real thing it's not what christ was talking about i mean come on you know and christ was ultimately talking about the same ineffable thing you know if you want to get to god go through me in other words go through an incarnation which transmits which transmits the, um, the transcendental truth as it were. And, you know, compassion and miracles, just part of the act. And, and he was incredible, obviously, Jesus. Wow. Why do people go, Oh, Jesus, it's because, you know, (laughs) it's because of Jesus. Oh God. But, but, you know, I mean, the question is, I mean, with, with the, you know, origination stuff. I mean, what is one really aiming for in this life in terms of grasping all of this? I mean, what...
0: Knowing oneself, period. Yeah. Knowing oneself one and getting to that deeper and deeper and in the intuitive place where we are not in wrong-knowing. So, right. we pursue knowing ourselves better and better, and we use practices like meditation, like mindfulness, like chanting, like reading spiritual texts, and like doing mantra, whatever it is. There are so many different practices, which through any of these traditions, one could, you know, you can have a plethora. It's just a, a whole bouquet of what it is you can do. But the intention from the very beginning. When you're, you know, you're suffering. We are suffering, and we are seeing ourselves act in, in ways that are so self-serving, and so on. You start to go, okay. I have. To, I want to get to behind that place that I have experienced through whatever means that has not, uh, that is not caught in all of this uh, assumption of the mini me that we've been talking about, and is yeah. not caught in this uh, this uh, really the toughest of all places that ignorance of thinking we know uh, and we are the misknowing is absolutely uh so to get at that yeah that's what it's all about and then only then is uh, is there a chance if uh, obviously if the if more people grow in that then uh, that consciousness certainly will have an effect in in this world and it always has and fortunately there always has been people like christ and mohammed and and you know and for us when we were in india with maharaji absolutely absolutely gave you the idea that this is a true human potential. This was a human being. Christ mm. was a human being. Mm. Mm. So uh, I th- that's why uh, I think that, and, and that's, you know, what we've been trying to do with Mind Rolling Forever is bring up things that make people maybe think about, wow, yeah, I am walking around all day wrongly knowing.
1: Mm. All of us. All of you us know, that's, all that's the why time and you,
0: know. and, and you know Bernie Glassman, the wonderful Zen uh, priest uh, uh, who, who just died a couple of few weeks ago, I mean his thing, he would walk around and, and say, "I don't know, we don't know. Yeah. And it's just getting much more comfortable with the mystery. Is a huge thing, but certainly f- l- being able to be self-aware of how much we think we know of what reality is, and in the smallest of ways, just in contact with each other, and acting out of self-interest, uh, it and creating this whole universe of knowing. So this is a this is a great thing with Bob. Uh, you know what? And Bob's uh, he's going to be around uh, at the. Uh, retreat everybody in the spring with sharon salzberg and christian das and ram das and this is going to be early may i'm doing a little commercial here dave but the, the bob is going to be there and you know what we are going to talk to him more about this and flesh it out even more in fact you know what i'd love to do why don't we invite bob and just chat with him the both of us Around and we'll pick a couple of things like this because Bob's a fount of uh, knowledge oh, for sure. Yeah,
1: he's he just sucks up wisdom, and, it, and it's so incredible that you know a Westerner can be such a respected, um, not expert but a, a practitioner and absorber of, of something that he wasn't born. Yeah,
0: he, he learned 30. Tibetan in two months, okay. Yeah, he I mean, does that's that. beyond, yeah, you
1: know, beyond, beyond, beyond yeah. the beyond the beyond the beyond, yeah. but I mean, you know, this guy called Jonathan. Hate, H A I D T, German name, is a professor of social psychology at NYU. He was on Bill Maher's show a few weeks ago, oh. as, a matter of, as a matter of fact. And he's written a book called, uh, I don't know the names of his books, so we'll have to find that out. But he, he's basically thinking wrong thinking is, is, is what we're about right now and polarities and, and rage. But he comes up, well, he came on a TED talk I saw him give. I didn't, I mean, I, I saw it on YouTube. Um, he talks about no matter what, Throughout the ages, no matter how um, materialistic and, and megalomaniac and, and violent human race has manifested so many times, there's always uh, a part of the of the species that goes to an altered state for 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 truth, for answers. Mm. It doesn't go to a political, social, intellectual, literary, artistic, or whatever place, but ultimately has to go and bring their loved ones with them if they can to a place which transcends this this mortal coil. And Jonathan, for this coming from this professor is very bizarre because he's very, you know, um, he's not a particularly, at least overtly spiritual kind of teacher. He's just saying that in the realm of social psychology, uh, and he said this in the TED Talk, you know, we need, we need these teachers that will take us there. And he's not saying, you know, we'll take us there to, organize a morality or a ten commandments but to organize a, a self-awareness
0: mm, wow that's yeah fantastic it's great. great oh he's great. that's wonderful i mean
1: i you know i saw on bill maher and bill maher is an atheist you know so he didn't get into he didn't get into combative stuff with bill maher he was just saying we're we're too coddled and we we just are no longer finding in ourselves what is what is eternal we're just preoccupied with the with the the, you know, the conventional paradigm of, of, of social living, uh, conventional living, conventional wisdom, which is sometimes wise and sometimes the wrong thinking. Yeah. Uh, he's good at this. He's oh, really good, oh, that's really good. Age, uh, cool. uh-huh. I think
0: we'll put him, uh, we'll, we'll get him up on the, on the show yeah. notes and get people aware so they can find out more uh, about I'll
1: him. I'll up his book. There's one book that is about, you know, the, the good things. Um, but okay. I think, you know, you were talking before, you know, think about Gandhi, you know, they throw him off a train, they shoot at his friends, They, the British, you know, they had their complete mindset about the way the world is, you know, the British imperialists. And, yeah. and
0: Well, again, the, the most gross example I, of that.
1: Yeah, but there was one person, think of it, Just, this, I mean, there were many, but there was one person who wasn't, strictly speaking, a, a yogi or a a, a siddha or anything, he just said, okay, I have no judgment the British are just like me, they're human beings, but we will fight this without violence and with peace and with vibes. And to the extent that they ever could win, they did. And and you know, and he was murdered hmm. by someone who was in the mindset of that this is this is a dangerous individual and we should really be Muslims and, and Hindus should be fighting. Forget the English, you know, just hmm. the Indian Deccan Peninsula religions, as it were. Should be fighting mm. and they sh- they killed gandhi because he was saying no 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 we don't have to fight anybody we just have to come to an awareness of oneness which he had clearly I- i'm not saying he was a perfect bodhisattva or anything but he was something think of people still talk about gandhi now they never you know all the time martin luther king gandhi they're not thought of as being mystical figures they are um what they are and mm. and Change the world in a big way. I think. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: I'm going to close the podcast today, David, uh, with something that I found and I cannot found find who wrote it. Oh, yes, it's a bummer, but I'm I love it so much. Being awake is love. That's what it is. It's certainly not hate. It's certainly not fear. But what it is, it's a sense of being not separate from all the suffering and all of the emptiness, all of the compassion, all of the wisdom, all the liberation, and all of the enslavement to understand we're all that. We're in a threshold experience right now. We're in this kind of situation where we don't have any time to waste And I like the Zen evening verse that we chant that goes, life and death are of supreme importance. Time passes swiftly and the opportunity is lost. Let us awaken, awaken. Do not squander your life. Could be Roshi Joan Halifax. Mm. Sounds like, eh? Mm. And awake, being awake is love. That uh, and that's to me, that's what we are all doing as much as we can be uh, aware mm. to get back to that place to or rather to uncover that place where we do really understand being awake. And then we understand that being awake is that uh, loving, non-judgmental, not for any reason, love for no reason is being awake. So, and that's why I love Bob's thing, or anything else, Dave, that can give us some kind of uh, further insight into uh, dealing with that uh, terrible mini-me.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, it, I just wanted to mention this other thing, that Ganesh, about Ganesh. The, ob- the obstacles we face in our lives are not outside you, but inside our mind, as vrittis. Thought fluctuations. Mm. That is the secret how Ganesh removes obstacles by giving you an inner calmness. The elephant head represents Maha, and the human body is Aham, the opposite. Maha, Aham is the, the same word backwards. Ganesh thus represents the great Maha-Vakya, great saying of the Vedas. Tat-Ivam-Asi, that Tat-Ivam-Asi, yeah. It literally means you are infinite. And as soon as you start even saying the word (laughs) infinite, right, you can go, oh, God, I'm infinite. Oh, so is this such a bad thing that, you know, that I can't get what I want right now? Be it a a food, a dinner, a a girlfriend, a a book? No. And, 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 you know, you can't reach that point unless you have these archetypes like Ganesh deities. You might as well call them deities. They're power, you know, they they run the deal, right? <laughs> what is that hand on your sweater? What is that? That is, uh, put this away here. It's it, it's, it's a, a hamsa, right? I haven't the
0: slightest idea.
1: Let me go. Yes, it's a hamsa. Hamsa is the way it's described. Hamsa. It's the wheel of, it's the hand of, of holding your heart. Uh, it's, it's it's the Islamic oh. symbol it's the Islamic symbol for, wow. uh, for for the and it's the same as, it's like this, you know that's the hamsa which is hail. Hi. Oh. It's cool. you know I'm not gonna fight with you. I'm not gonna well, this
0: you. okay, everybody, you can get this. This was given to me as a present by my yeah. friend Dakota Wint and if you go, Go to, he's got all these incredible YouTube videos. He's been with us in India a couple of times. Dakota of Earth. Go to, the, yeah, just go. And somehow you'll find, you can buy this beautiful sweatshirt. It which is. Which I really... had no idea about, about <laughs> until Dave just told me. Um, so this is
1: it, though. This is the end. We've got gone it. on.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, that was great. A little rambling, rambling Going on on my part, which I, you know, can you just cut all that out and just have you? No, no, we're and not then,
0: cutting anything out. We got that's you. Not
1: right. You know, there should be editing of this stuff because we make, I, I make ridiculous statements and I listen to them later on SoundCloud and I go, oh, God, I want to die. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> talk about uh, it. <laughs> let's just say everybody feels better when they understand that we are all. Uh, walking in murky waters at one time <laughs> right. or another okay <laughs> right. so it's that's, okay but uh it. thanks for being here Dave. appreciate it yes
1: bob dylan said there's high water there's high water everywhere
0: <laughs> that's not a bob dylan impression all right no this it, is... it's
1: just what he means is you know we're, oh, we're yes outside. right it's we're Country.
0: walking in murky water yeah, yeah, yeah. um This is mind-rolling.
1: What about walking with gilded splinters? Remember that? Dr. John?
0: Oh, that's great. Gilded splinters. I love that. Uh, This is mind-rolling on the Be Here Now Network. Go to beherenownetwork.com. Go to the mind-rolling page. There's going to be all sorts of stuff that our wonderful Corey at the Love Server Member Foundation will go through and point out and share because we like to do that.
1: Thank you, Corey. Thank you. Yeah.
0: So... Uh, We'll see you next week. Uh, Hi. Goodbye.